Awesome. Awesome. Let's give it up for the Bible because there is so much power in the Bible. That was cool, explaining some of that stuff. Um, there's videos that you could check out if you go to thebibleproject.com. That's where we got that, that video. So we're going to be jumping into that part where, that I was explaining about the poem. And, but first, I want to ask a little question, and then we're going to jump in. Is, have you ever seen that guy or that girl? Do you, do you know that person in your life that you just don't know what to expect from them? Sometimes they're like super happy, super caring, super loving. You're like, man, this person's really cool. And then like the next day or later that day and the same, same little bit, all of a sudden they flip out on you. They can go from being super nice to a super jerk. Anybody know that person? Just raise your hand. Let me, let me know. Okay. They're like, yeah, it's sitting right next to me. No, no, don't, don't, don't raise your hand if they're sitting next to you. Um, so we probably all know that person. And none of us want to be that person. I think that's safe to say, right? You do not want to be that person that goes from this to this, and no one knows what to expect from you. If you work for someone like that, it is very difficult for you. If you even if it's just you work with someone like that, it's very difficult for you. But I believe we're called, mandated by Scripture, to be consistent. So today I want to talk to you about how to be consistent in your life, how to walk a consistent life. Because I don't know about you, but I want people to know what to expect from me. I want to be able to not be that guy. I want to be able to, to live a life that is consistent in, in all my areas. And here's what I mean by that. I don't mean that you have a, have a bowl of Wheaties every single morning like solid, like I'm consistent. You could be consistent, but it's not good. Like that guy's consistently a jerk. No, like that's not good. That's still bad. It doesn't mean you win. But I'm talking about a consistent life. Let me define the word consistent here. I believe we got it on the screen. A consistent life that honors God. Definition is steadfast adherence to the same principles. So that we're not saying one thing and then doing another. We're not saying I'm going to live my life for Jesus and then go out there and not live our lives for Jesus. We're not going out and, and spreading a bad testimony of who Jesus is just by our character. But in your life, you're not wavering in your faith. You're not saying, I'm going to serve God on Sunday and then walk away and then throw it away on Monday through Saturday. We're not living for, for God at all. But do you want to be consistent in your faith? Do you want to be consistent in your behaviors? And here's a big one that I feel like God has been speaking to me on because I feel like we're all stepping towards this in some degree. Nobody's perfect at Project Church. And if you are perfect at Project Church, you found the wrong church. Let me just tell you right now. If you are perfect, you're like, yeah, no, I got all together. You got the wrong church. We just don't, we don't got people like that. You won't fit in here if, you're all, if you got your life together. Let me just tell you. And so I feel like we're all in this together, and I feel like so much God has been speaking to me personally about being consistent, specifically with my emotion. And here's the main thing I want to communicate to you today. The overarching theme, we're going to dive into Scripture and look at it, and I believe God's going to speak to us, and, and I'm, I believe God's going to even like reveal some things to us. But the main thing I want to communicate to you is this, is this main idea, is walking a consistent life. Walking a consistent life comes from knowing our consistent God. Because if we want to know, if we want to look to an example of something consistent, there is absolutely nothing that even comes close to the consistency of our God. See, before time even existed, he's been consistent. He exists outside of time. Like before the creation was there, he was there. And he is the most consistent thing. Scripture says that he is the same yesterday, 
today, and forever. Meaning no, no matter what, God is never going to change. Meaning this, he is the most consistent thing in the world. So if, we're gonna, if we want our lives to be consistent, we need to know our consistent God. We need to know him more. So the more we know God, the more our lives are going to be consistent. The more we are, are in deeper relationship, the more we feel closer to God, the more we're spending time in prayer, the more we're coming and connecting with community, the, the more consistent we're going to be in our life. And so I believe that, that we are all inconsistent in some area. And so what I want you to ask yourself today is where does God want me to improve? What area of my life am I inconsistent in? And I feel like that's, that's something that, that we can all answer today, is what is an area in our life that you feel con- inconsistent in? Maybe it is your emotions. Maybe you're like me and you do feel like, like things will come up and down. Maybe it is your faith. Maybe it's your behaviors. Maybe it's your character. Maybe it's your, how, how you act at work in a specific area. I don't know, but I feel like I want to ask you, I want to challenge you to ask yourself that question and ask that to God as well, that he would reveal that. And you say, God, what area of my life do you want me to, to step closer to you? And what area in my life am I not being consistent in? And because I, be, I believe that Scripture has a lot to say about this. And I feel like we're going to all take a step closer to him today. And so here's, here's the idea of what we're doing in this series. I want to talk about it for a second. I'm so excited because some people come up to me and ask me like, hey, how do you get your ideas for, how do you come up with material to preach? And like, hey, you know, you've got a lot of stuff you're coming from. I'm like, the answer is so simple every single time. I'm like, there's this thing called the Bible. Like, you know, I, I get my material. I don't have some like outsourced thing. I get my material from the Bible. Like, that's what we do at Project Church. We look towards the Bible for guidance. I'm not making stuff up. I didn't come up here and like, hey, you know what? I feel like this is, this is a good thought. No, the scripture is where I hear this because God speaks through our word. And so I feel like one of the main challenges for me as a church, sometimes I think about this idea as church. I'll be like, why do we really need church? I ask that question. I'm the pastor of the church. I'm like, why do we really need church? But I come back to it and solidifies my principle is that my job, what I'm doing out here is almost just encouraging you and, and giving you what I see so that you can find it on your own. Because so here's the thing, you can open up your Bible every single day, and I will challenge you to do that, whether it's one chapter or one verse, is that you find truth in God's Word. Because you don't have to wait till a Sunday for God to speak to you. And I feel like through this, as we're just going through the, path, through the book of Colossians verse by verse, and I feel like, I hope, I hope that this encourages you, that you can do the same. Just open up your Bible and say, hey, this is what that s- says to me. Or you can say, God, I pray that you would show me what you want to say to me even through this passage. So that's, my, that's our prayer through this series. As you can see how simple it is, how simple it is that what I do or what Caleb does or anybody who comes up here and shares the word is simply just highlighting that. We, we do the same thing that we would challenge you to do is pray, God, what do you want to say, me, say to me today? And you read the word, and it's such a powerful, because the word of God even says, this is inspired by God. God breathed. So I pray that that encourages you in this series. But here's the over, overview of the series. Last week was week one, and we talked about how to walk worthy. Um, and part two, can you throw that up? Yeah, is, uh, today is Jesus. Jesus is why we know God. Part three is Jesus where we find knowledge. Part four is Jesus where we come alive. And uh, part five is Jesus why we are justified. Six is Jesus is all in all. 
and 7, Jesus is who we serve. So if you want to be reading through this, you could, I feel like we would get so much more out of it if you come into Sunday already knowing the passage and understanding some things that you got out of it, and it could even enhance what you get today. So with that said, here's what I want to do is I want to talk to you about how to live a consistent life. And afterwards, we're going to celebrate baptisms. It's going to be awesome. We're going to celebrate baptism outside after service. I'm, I'm really excited about that. But here's the context of this. As you saw that video with Sharon a little bit, it is Paul, the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to this church he's never even visited, but a church that was started by someone who he does know, and the church is going great. Things are really going great, but his purpose is to com combat these false teachings. There's these false teachings in the church, and, um, and this mainly in Gnosticism, which is just an offshoot which is saying, here's, here's what the Bible says, and say, I like what this says instead. Basically, false teaching. People were trying to encourage them to say, hey, there's multiple gods. It's cool. Jesus is great, but let's throw in some more, too, and worship them as well. What do you say? And so, so thing, things are going great, but there's all this outside pressure of, of challenging the people to say, hey, go back to your old ways. And so that's really what, what the challenge is for all of us, is walking a consistent life. We say and we sell, de declare, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And then we walk out of church and there's all these things asking us to turn back. There's all these people, there's all these voices saying, hey, go back to your old ways. Hey, go back to your old ways. When I first gave my life to the Lord, there was all these voices saying, hey, come back to the way things were. Do you remember, how, remember what you used to do? Remember how much fun it was? But it's, the voice won't say, hey, remember the emptiness you felt while you were doing those things? But it, they're saying, hey, come back. So there's, that, that's the overall principle that we're talking about today. Number one is this, how to walk in a consistent life. I'm going to read verse 15 through 17. <coughs> me. It says this, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him... All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. And he is, above, or he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So what I want to tell you from that passage is that in order to walk a consistent life, you need to accept that Jesus is in control. And so that means you need to accept that you are not in control. Does that make sense? So here's the deal. You are in control of your own actions, but that is it. Like, there's this power trip that we get. It's just fun to be in control. Like, my daughter, my five-year-old daughter really likes to try to control my one-year-old daughter. Like, no, this is what we're doing, and my one-year-old daughter does not like it. People don't like it when you try to control them. Trust me. Just think about it yourself. Do you like trying to be controlled? Other people aren't going to like it either. But it's this power trip we get in our mind that we say, I like to be in control. But here's the deal. We are actually only in control how much God lets us be. Because he is ultimately in control of everything. So here's, here's why I say that. Is a controlling person is an inconsistent person. How do you accept that Jesus is in control? When you find yourself trying to be in control of things, trying to sit and manipulate. Spend some time in prayer. Read through the verse that says, through him, all things are created. He holds all things, in, in his, uh, all things together. You understand that you are not in control, but God is. And God has given you the ability to choose, but he is the ultimate one who is in control. So number one is accept that Jesus is in control. Number two is this, 
understand that Jesus is above all. Verses 18 and 19 says this, and he is the head of the body, the church. Did you all know that you are the church? It's like not a building. Like this is a school, this is an elementary school cafeteria. People are throwing food at each other in the middle of the week. Like this isn't special. This is, this is just a building. But you are the church. The church represents the body. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he may, might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. See, that's the thing. Some people just think Jesus was a great person, like believe in him, but then there's all these other things. I've, I've had the privilege, and I shared this on my Instagram a few weeks ago, is I've been privileged to have this, this same Uber driver several times. And I've, been, I've had to, been able to talk to him about all kinds of things. And one of those things is Jesus. And he grew up in India, and he grew up with the beliefs, and he's kind of studied. He actually went to school to study religion. And his understanding is that he loves Jesus. He told me that. He said, I love Jesus. But he also loves all these other gods and sees, sees Jesus right up there with every other one. And I've asked, talked to him about that, and we've, we've talked, and he said, well, this is what I believe. And, and I said, okay, this is what I believe. But then throughout the week, I had his phone number because I got to know him more, and I texted him randomly. I said, hey, how can I be praying for you? And I texted him that, and he said, all he's texted back with is one word, health. I was like, okay, I'll pray for your health. And he said, thank you. And then I prayed for his health. And I, and I thought, okay, cool. And then a few, like a week later, yeah, just, just even, just a week later, I got in the car and he was so excited to tell me. And he said, praying to Jesus works. That's exactly what he told me. And I was like, what? He's like, praying to Jesus works. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, 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 but what are you talking about? I agree. Um, and then he was saying, I was like, no, praying, to, he said, you prayed for me, right? I said, yeah, I told you I was praying for you. you I prayed for your health. And he, he didn't tell me that he was sick for three days straight, and he couldn't even get out of bed. He couldn't go to work, so he was missing money that he was, you know, he wasn't working. And he says, the day you prayed for me, I went to bed, and I woke up 100% better. And he said, praying to Jesus works. And I'm like, all right, you're starting to get it. And I feel like he's starting to sit, it's starting to sink in that, yeah, there's these other guys that were great, and Jesus is not just up there with these other good people, but Jesus is above all. See, the scripture says he is the head of the body. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Do you know what that word preeminent means in the Greek? Throw it up on the screen. Protuo, it means to be first in rank or in influence, above all. In order to have a consistent life, we need to know our God better. We need to know that he's not right up there with the other guys. See, Jesus said the only way to come to the Father. The only way to get to God is through me and a few other guys. No, he didn't say that. He said the only way to get to the Father is through me. See, Jesus is the only way. There's not multiple ways to God. He is above all. He is the firstborn. He is preeminent, first in rank and influence. And we need to accept that and realize that. And I believe when we do, we start to know our God more and start to live a consistent life more. <clears throat> Third thing is this, embracing the peace that Jesus gave. It's such a powerful poetic scenario because then it's, in verse 20 it says this, and through him to reconcile him things, himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You see, an anxious person, someone without peace, 
You know, without peace, there's chaos, there's anxiety. And so I believe an anxious person is an inconsistent person. And an anxious person, someone without peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, the only way of knowing that peace is knowing God. You know God, you know peace. You don't know God, you have no peace. And I believe that because there's, there's a supernatural peace that comes of, that Philippians 4 talks about. And it talks about how, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, letting your hearts be, uh, let, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all our understanding. And that, that's a supernatural peace. That doesn't, that's not just a peace you have when you're like, oh man, I got enough money in my bank account. Like, that's, that's kind of nice, you some, some security, it's, but there's a different peace that comes from, you know what, it doesn't matter if I have mo- money in my bank account, Jesus loves me, he cares for me, I know where my eternal destination is, nothing else matters, all these things could fluctuate, my bank account could go to zero right now and I'd still have peace, you know why? Because I know the God of peace. And we need to, to know him more, we need to be sure of who he is, because, <coughs> excuse me, I've had peace in the roughest situations. You, see, here's the thing. With consistency, some of you are like, how are you supposed to be consistent in an inconsistent world? Because you can't control the things that happen to you, right? You can't control them. Things are going to come your way, and you're like, I had no idea that was going to happen, and that was outside of my control. How am I supposed to be consistent? But I'm not saying that you're, the things that happen to you should be consistent. I'm saying your job is to control what you can, and then you're consistent with what God has given you. And that comes from realizing that he is the one that gives you peace. Now, how do you have that peace? He's saying he, he accomplished that peace by the cross, by the blood of his cross. You see, God, the, Rick, or Nick read that scripture at the beginning that he said that all have fallen short, but all are redeemed. All have sinned, but all are redeemed. That redemption is through the blood of the cross. It's the same thing. It's the main point of the gospel is that Jesus, there was this separation of sin and and man, and God, and man, and there's sin in the middle. There's God, there's man, and there's, we, ha- we all have this sin. What do we do? But Jesus, the cross, came and covered that and made it possible for us to have peace and not a disconnect from God. So if you're here today and you're saying, I don't have peace. I don't, I don't know this peace. You need to surrender your life to Jesus. You need to say, I'm, I'm laying my life down. Is there er- an area of my life I haven't given over to you? God, I want you to come into my life and give me peace because that peace surpasses all our understanding. Number four, verse 21, 22. It was powerful. And you walk, and you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, <coughs> doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of the flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless above reproach before him. Here's what I want to say about that. A guilty person is an inconsistent person. We're walking in guilt we're going to be inconsistent. Our emotions going to be all over the place. But here's the thing. Nobody in here should walk with guilt. Nobody in the world <clears throat> has a reason to walk in guilt because we're able to walk in forgiveness no matter what. See, Jesus forgives all sin. There's not some that he says, hey, you're going to, we're going to forgive this but not this. No, no matter where you're at in life and you have this burden on you, Jesus wants to take that away and he wants to give you forgiveness, and with that comes peace. He wants to take away your sin. He said, I died for that. Stop carrying on to it. Stop holding on to it. See, he's died, and he, there's no reason you should walk in that unforgiveness. If you haven't re- received the forgiveness of Jesus, you're walking with a burn, burden that you're not supposed to carry. 
And that will result in inconsistency. That will result in your attitudes and your behaviors going up and down because no person was designed to carry that burden. Last thing is this, in verse 23. <clears throat> it says this, is If indeed you continue in faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you've heard. Not shifting, thank you. Not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. The last thing I want to encourage you with is to hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. Man, a hopeless person is an inconsistent person. We're walking around without hope. We're walking around without a future of what's going to happen. We can only see through the next week, and we don't know what's going to happen. But I want to tell you, there's the hope of the gospel. You want to know what it is? Is that Jesus came to redeem us, the forgiveness of sin. That's that same hope. See, there's not only peace and forgiveness, but there's hope. Because even if I die right now, even if my whole world comes crashing down, there is nothing in this world can, that can take away the hope that I have in me. It doesn't matter what comes my way. I can always have the hope of the gospel that I know Jesus loves me and Jesus has a place for me in heaven. You can't take that away from me. The enemy can't take that away from me. From me. And from you either, you can hold on to the hope. Hold on to the hope that he was talking about. Now, see, I feel like I was, I was praying, what was the main thing that I wanted to communicate? What was this something that God really pressed me about? Is that in the same way, the church in Coos was saying like, hey, we're growing, we're, we're seeing some great things. But don't forget about the hope you have. Don't forget about the hope. Hold on to hope and be steadfast and saying, no, I'm not putting my hope in anything else. You put your hope in anything else and it will let you down. I felt like sharing that with you today, that some of us are putting our hope in things that are gonna let us down. Some of us are putting our hope in things that are just gonna, just gonna disappoint us so bad. Maybe that's a person. Maybe we put our hope in a person, and the reality is we're all gonna fail. We're all gonna fail each other, so if you put your, all your hope in a person, that person is gonna let you down. But the most consistent thing in the world you can put your hope in, you put your hope into God, he will never let you down. Don't shift your hope from the truth of the gospel. Don't shift your hope from the consistent God that we have. Some of us may be here and going through a time, and our life, the situation that we're in is inconsistent. I understand that. That happens to me all the time. I'm about to have another baby here. Things are going to be inconsistent with life, but that's okay because we serve a consistent God, and I can choose to say I'm going to live a consistent life. My faith, my attitude, my behavior is going to be consistent because I'm going to know my consistent God. I'm going to know him. I'm going to draw closer to him because he is all I need, because he is my hope, he's my peace, he's my forgiveness. So that's my message to you today. And I, and I pray that this encourages you that you would simply say, I want to know Jesus more. I want to know my consistent God more. I feel like I'm going like this, but God's always been like this. And, and if you feel like that, I just want to offer prayer for you. And I feel like God's going to do something, even if it's just for one person, God spoke to, to me. I want, I want to provide that opportunity. Would you bow your heads with me?